Good evening. You're listening to Q Talk Radio. I'm your host, Xavier Mejia. Q Talk Radio is a program of the San Gabriel Valley LGBTQ Center. For more information on this episode and past episodes, please visit qtalkradio.com. On today's episode, we are speaking to Shalise Haas, who is the director and producer of Real Boy. And Real Boy is a documentary that's receiving a lot of buzz. Uh, many awards have been, you know, received by this beautiful film. And I'm happy to play for you one of the songs uh, provided to us by the team for Real Boy. The song is Rockin' by Coyote Grace. Please take a moment to listen to Rockin'. Used to this for me. 
Rack your brains up the fun now Try to remember what you've done all So glad you didn't hurt anyone having me. It's a pleasure. Yay, we're connected. Uh, Shelly Pass is a documentary filmmaker based in L.A. She is the co-producer of Genius of Marion, which premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival and was broadcast on POV in 2014. She has directed and produced several shorts, including Old People Driving, City Fish, and Award Winninger. In addition to her work as a director and producer, Shalif is an instructor of video storytelling at UCLA Extension and the UC Berkeley Advanced Media Institute. She is a 2015 film independent documentary Lab Fellow and 2012 Working Films Fellow and a member of the Queer Producers Collective. Prior to starting her work in documentary films, Shalif worked as an editorial photographer radio producer, and a founding staff member of the National Oral History Project, StoryCorps. She is a graduate of the Documentary Film Program at UC Berkeley's Graduate School of Journalism. Wow, so you've been busy. <laughs> <laughs> How did you well, make you know, time you for to, a film? You have to get all those things in the bio. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I, I'm thinking, when did you have time to film anything? <laughs> right? I asked myself the same question. <laughs> so, so let's get into, uh, you know, Real Boy. Uh, how, did, how did this project start? How were you introduced to the family? How, were you, how did you come to meet Bennett Wallace? Sure. Um, well, I met Bennett through Joe Stevens, and Joe is the musician who you heard at the top of the show. He was in a band called Coyote Grace, and I was a big fan of Coyote Grace. Um, and I was actually filming a house concert where Joe was playing, and he had just met Bennett um, at a conference for sober young people. And they had become fast friends. They found out that not only were they you know, the only two trans people there at the, at the conference, but they also both um, grappled with uh, addiction and recovery, and they also were musicians. And so Joe invited Bennett to come up and open this house concert for him. Um, and I happened to be there filming, and I met Bennett, and I just loved his music. And I, um, I really liked him a lot, both of them, and I was moved by their relationship. And even though they'd only known each other a short time, it was really clear that they had a, a very deep uh, friendship forming. And so initially I approached them and asked if I could talk to them on camera, film them, and I was interested in their friendship. And then the film grew um, beyond that when I met Bennett's mom, who was really struggling at the time with understanding um, her son's transition. And the film expanded to include not only the the chosen family that Bennett was building with Joe and with his best friend Dylan, who's another trans guy who was the same age, <clears throat> excuse me, and going through the same things, but also what was going on at home with his with his family. Now, um, it's my understanding that the family, you know, uh, was based out of the San Gabriel Valley and, you know, for 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 Q Talk Radio, that's especially um, that's that's so re- representative of what we do. We we are based out of the San Gabriel Valley, and um, oftentimes, you know, the stories that we hear are oftentimes stories of of struggle. And so, in that regard, you know, we we can identify with this story. What we also were talking about um, as we were getting ready to to go on air it's just really this evolution that you were talking about with um his mother with Bennett's wallet uh, with his mom and and so it left me wondering was it easy to get her on camera was there any resistance there yeah I mean it was a definitely a, a long process um I met Bennett's mom Susie fairly early in in the filming and initially she was um, understandably skeptical of who this filmmaker was and what I was there for, what I wanted. Um, and so our relationship grew slowly over time, and I spent a lot of time talking with her with the cameras off um, and and answering her questions and helping her to understand that my interest was not in in making her out to be the bad guy. You know, she was struggling. She didn't necessarily understand what was going on. Um, She was going through a process that involved a lot of grief and a lot of confusion. Um, But she, but she loved her kid. She's always loved her child. And she, um, she just was having a hard time understanding. 
And, and also Bennett was a teenager at the time. So <laughs> for anybody who's ever been a teenager um, or anybody who's ever raised a teenager, it can be a really difficult time, even if everything else is smooth. Um, and in this case, not only were they dealing with um, this unfamiliar territory of, of gender identity and trans identity, but also Bennett's um, experience with self-injury, with addiction, um, and with a lot of other uh, other things that were going on for him that made it really difficult. So she and I grew very close and, and over time, I think, built a trusting relationship that allowed her to be very vulnerable um, in front of the camera. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to her, but I think one of the things that's been so remarkable about watching this film roll out into the world is how grateful audiences are to Susie for sharing her story at a time when, when things were not easy, you know, when she wasn't able to show only her best, you know, herself at, in, in the best moments. Um, and that's true of everybody in the film. Bennett, um, who's, you know, whose, whose story it centers around Susie and, and her experience, but also Joe, um, whose, whose journey with um, recovery is, is a part of the film. And, and Bennett's best friend, Dylan, who are all part of the film, as well as all the moms. So um, I think everybody was very open, and, and it's what makes the film connect with people. How do you, as a, as a producer, as a director, how do you start, um, you know, bringing in the different moving parts and um, having different people agree to be on camera and at what point do you also then recognize, oh, I need to build a team? Um, how does, how, can you take us through that development process so that we could understand, you know, how do we get to see these stories play out this way? Sure. Um, well, the film took about just under four years to make. Um, so we spent a lot of time with everybody who appears in the film, um, and for the first year or so, um, it was primarily just me. Um, and then uh, one of our associate producers, Sam Berliner, who is a phenomenal filmmaker in his own right, joined the team. And he was a tremendous um, support. And, and I really couldn't have done it without him. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, and we had uh, an executive producer, Charlotte Lagarde, um, Kyle Ranson Walsh was in, involved from very early on um, in the development of the film. And then really the biggest, you know, in the field, it was pri primarily myself. I was um, not only director, but, but doing camera and sometimes also sound. So, so when we were filming, most of the time that was just me. Um, and then we brought on a fantastic editor about halfway through the project um, uh, and and he was my partner in the process of trying to figure out how to tell the story that we knew we wanted to tell, but of course all the the um, the logistical pieces, the storytelling pieces, structure and flow, and all the things that make a movie feel like a movie um, was something that I absolutely needed a professional editor in the room for. Um, and his name is Andrew Gersh. He's amazing. 
um, and has edited many documentaries over time. So we worked together very closely for about a year editing the film. Um, and then, of course, there were dozens and dozens and dozens of people without whom the film never would have been made. And some of them were people who were just providing their support and their insight and their feedback. Um, and then we had people all, all along the line who provided their technical and their creative expertise, whether it was animation. There's a lot of animation in the film, um, right down to color correction and sound mix and, you know, working out the closed captions and the subtitles. So a film takes a lot of people, and this one certainly was no exception. I, I saw you have a lot of Kickstarter backers. How how, how did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> That's an excellent question. Um, I think for those of us uh, filmmakers and other creatives who um, fund our films in part through crowdfunding, it's always a leap of faith. Um, because yes, I knew my mother would, you know, make a donation and my best friend would make a donation. But beyond that, I had no idea. Um, and certainly our immediate communities were, were wonderfully supportive, but I was so um, honored that hundreds, nearly a thousand people who participated in the Kickstarter, many of them were people I had never met who didn't know me, who didn't know anybody in the film, um, but wanted to see the film made, uh, cared about the subject matter, cared about the story, and and said, yes, we'll, we'll support this. Um, and they've been tremendous. I've met Kickstarter backers I didn't know at, um, at screenings all around the world. And, and I'm so grateful for that kind of support. And it's also a vote of confidence when you're making a film. You wonder if anybody's going to want to see it. And I think crowdfunding is often the first place where you get a taste of whether um, anyone's even interested. I mean, when I went online, I was doing some of my research, and I and I read 908 Kickstarter backers. I mean, that gave me goosebumps. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, what a what a uh, you know form of validating that people want to hear these stories. You know, people care yeah. about um, our community, and um, and and in many ways um, want to see themselves. You know, and so. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some, what are some of the stories that you have heard along the way from you know backers or fans or supporters? Yeah, um, I have been really, really, really moved by the conversations that I've had um, with people who have seen the film in various different contexts. And um, I'm a queer cisgender woman. Um, my community is is very much. Um, you know, there. I feel like there's a uh, um, a wide and broad community that I am part of. But this story is not my story. It's not my personal story. But it's told very much through my lens, and it's told in participation with the people who are in it. Um, and yet, I think it's important to remember that it it is not meant in any way to represent a community. Um, and I think because we kept the film very, very, very personal. Um, it is Bennett, a, a piece of Bennett's story, a piece of his mother's story, uh, a piece of Joe's story, but not, but, but personal and, and specific. Um, and I think because of that, there's more room for people to 
identify with the film, even if their own experiences are different, um, whether their identities are different, um, whether their lived experiences are different, um, that so many people have, have shared with us that the film resonated with them. Even if Bennett's, the specifics of Bennett's story may be different from their own, the feeling of what it is to really want to be loved by your family, um, but not necessarily being able to feel understood um, or what it feels like to have a best friend that you want to do everything with or a mentor who you look up to. Um, and so our hope was to find resonance not by generalizing but by being by being telling a very deep intimate personal story and what role does does the music play in the film i mean you shared how you met bennett and you know how did you decide to to have the music be a part of the film well, that was very easy because Joe's music and Bennett's music were fantastic. Um, and for both of them, they tell their stories through their music in a lot of ways. Um, both of them have talked about their music not only as art, but as therapy, but as um, a creative outlet and, and a way that they could articulate things that they were feeling that maybe were difficult to say in words or difficult to express any other way. Um, and so their music is uh, catchy. It's, you know, great music just to listen to, but it also tells a story. And so it was really clear from the beginning that we wanted their music to be a real integral part of the film to, to not only feel like the soundtrack for the movie, but also to help tell the story. Um, one of the animations in the film is um, tied to one of Bennett's earlier songs that you hear early on in the film. And then you hear in the credits um, much later after he's, you know, the first one is when he's 19 and the second is when he's like 23 or 24. So, uh, a lot has happened in between those years, and you can you can see it in the story in the film, but you can also feel it in his music. Now I see that that you know you do invite people to get involved, that people can host a screening of the film, and you know I like to hear from you um, why that's important. Yeah, I have not had. Let me say that again. Um, I have had the honor to be in um, in the theater. Sorry, can I start that all again? Sure. <laughs> um, I think it's really important to talk with our communities um, about the issues in the film. the The film itself was not created to be explicitly educational, right? but it brings up a lot of issues, not only around issues of gender identity, but also around issues of addiction and recovery, which are really important to talk about um, in queer and trans communities. It raises issues around family acceptance and family support and how important that is. And 
issues of mentorship um, and the creative arts. And so community screenings where people can watch the film together and then talk about it are so important. We have a that was developed in collaboration with several of our community partners. And, and the goal of that is really to give um, community leaders uh, a, support, a supportive tool to put together a program after the film where they can invite members of their own community to come and talk about their own experience. So um, other trans folks who maybe have experiences who are similar to Bennett and Joe, but also those that are different, um, talking to parents, talking to um, service providers, talking to uh, community organizations that provide resources uh, for trans folks and their families. So by having a community screening where people can watch the film together and then talk about it feels um, really important. You know, as, as you say that, I, I'm thinking about having to do my homework and, you know, reading <laughs> on film and, you know, making sure part of my, you know, part of my, the, the work we have to do is to make sure that we're using the language that people have chosen for us to use. And so um, as I was first reading about, you know, the episode, I mean, well, not the episode, the synopsis, um, I, I didn't read anything about trans um, uh, in the description. And I thought, oh, my goodness, maybe we're not going to speak about, um, you know, uh, a trans film, maybe, you know. And so it, and it took me back to the title, which is Real Boy. And so I'm interested in hearing if there, if there was um, what uh, intention behind leaving the word trans out of the synopsis. I mean, and you you do use it in in the form in the form of uh, identifying the family's journey as a as a family transformation or transition, I should say. Um, was that intentional? Um, well, I believe that the synopsis does include um, referring to Bennett, Susie, and and her journey to um, to understand her trans son. Son. Okay. So, we, you know, it was certainly not an explicit choice to leave it out. I think one of the things that we want to invite people to do is to watch the film not as a quote-unquote trans film, right? That the film is not necessarily about the experience of being trans. It's, it's one experience among, you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, um, millions of experiences. Um, but that it is first and foremost a film about relationships, about relationships with with given family and chosen family, and that certainly gender identity and Bennett's gender identity as a trans man, Joe's experience as a trans man are all very important in the film, but it's not the sole focus. Um, because I, I think we've I seen lots for, of films I, that are about trans experience, but... I think that our hope was that it goes much deeper and broader than that. Right. And, and, and that was why I was asking about that specifically and also wanting to understand the significance of the, of the, of the, of the music. Cause you know, I think this um, really is part of the reason 
that you have so many supporters, right? I mean, I, 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 I can't speak for anybody else, but the only thing I, I can think of is as I was do, having to do my homework, I was having to look at the language at the presentation of the film from a different perspective than a lot of the mm. uh, documentaries I've traditionally have seen, you know, where mm. um, there was a very specific category and it was, you know, um, there was definitely um, a, 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 a very specific angle. And as I was having to, you know, prepare for the episode, I, I realized, oh, I'm having to kind of put some of that aside and, and look deeper mm. myself. And, and I really mm. appreciate that because, um, you know, I, I, I realize I'm having to learn to read more and see more and, um, it, that's so valuable um, with regard to um, what we're putting out as as storytellers, mm. you know. And so, and so, I I thank you for for sharing that with me and, and our listeners. And I know that that you want to talk about sort of the next the next phases of the film, the next phase of the film. And um, so, what do you want us to know? Yeah, well, we are delighted that um, the film starting on Friday, December 1st, will be available uh, on demand. And it's something that our supporters and our audiences have been asking when this is going to happen for some time, because up till this point, the film has only been available um, in community screenings and festivals and um, through educational uh, locations. So, um, so now it will be available on iTunes starting uh, Friday, December 1st, and on several other on-demand platforms, um, including okay. Google Play and um, Amazon Instant Video and Microsoft platforms. So we're hoping that over the holidays and into the new year that people will take the time to um, find the film and share it with their uh, with their given families and their chosen families, share it with their communities um, and have those conversations, you know, to, to watch the film and, and share it with the people that they love and, and start conversations about what it means to them. Beautiful. Congratulations. Um, I'm sure that, you know, everyone's equally as excited, you know, your team and congratulations or, you know, just um, the acknowledgement that you're, you're receiving. I, I saw that um, the film was involved with Outfest. Am I right? We did screen it Outfest a couple of years back. Yeah, it was very, it was a wonderful, wonderful event. And we, um, we hope to continue to, to screen in and around L.A. at different times. Um, the best way for people to find out about upcoming screenings, community screenings, um, as well as the iTunes release is on our website, which is realboymovie.com. Uh, and there's lots of information there. There's information about how to see the film, but there's also a page that will take you to Bennett and Joe's music websites. Um, we have interviews with other trans musicians. There are, um, there's information about where all the people who are in the film, where they are now, what's going on in their lives now. So it's uh, we've and also a lot of resources, resources for um, for trans people, but also for their families um, and communities uh, in a variety of different 
areas. So we hope that people will take advantage of, of the resources on the website as well. Well, thank you, Shalise, for coming on and, and speaking with us about, um, you know, Real Boy and having us get to know Bennett a little bit better and, you know, just basically sharing why this was important to you. And, and thank you so much for uh, putting something out that, you know, breaks the mold and, and um, has at least me uh, excited about kind of, you know, seeing uh, a, a narrative that, that you know is about love and um i was just watching something without naming the documentary and 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 i just was left at the end of the documentary thinking oh my goodness you know um it's 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 important to share those stories but oftentimes the stories that that we see about members in our community tend to you know not have a positive ending and mm. um, and this film, I feel like it, it almost is like the story it hasn't ended, and there's mm-hmm. much more to <laughs> there's much more coming mm-hmm. our way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm so grateful to you and your thoughtful questions and the time that you've taken to to talk with me. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, and we're going to include all the links, um, with to, and we'll add them to the episode um, description, and we'll make sure that, you know, folks can find the website, and, you know, we'll also include the information at uh, qtalkradio.com. Thank you, Shalise, for taking the time, and it was a pleasure meeting you. It was a pleasure to meet you, too. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to QTalk Radio. QTalk Radio is a program of the San Gabriel Valley LGBTQ Center. We were just speaking with producer and director Shelley's Hart, and we were speaking about the film Real Boy, which is an intimate story of a family in transition. As 19-year-old Bennett Wallace navigates sobriety, adolescence, and the evolution of his gender identity. His mother makes his own makes her own transformation from resistance to acceptance of her son. Real Boy has been screened in more than 120 times in 20 countries and received multiple awards and was broadcasted on PBS Independent Lens, Independent Lens in June 2017. For more information on the film, you can visit realboymovie.com. And you can always visit QTalk Radio for more information. Have a good day. We'll see you very soon.